Hey, Charlie yeah. LeBon. Hey, is that? Hold on. Hey, hey Uncle. I don't. I can't hear when people join. It's Uncle Lord. Wow, Uncle Lord. Welcome to the uh, Rick and Roller show. <laughs> Sam's Rick and <laughs> Sam's Roller. How are you guys? Hey, good, Uncle Lord. How are you, buddy? Good, Ab. I'm good. Are you I always guiding? like talking to Uncle Lord. I always like talking to Uncle Lord. He's the best. We have a chat or two a week. I always look forward to Uncle- those. John, I was just listening to your last uh, uh, Discord call in here. I was enjoying that. Um, you were having the the conversation with I, I have a shitty memory, but the uh, woman who was uh, Purple Pine. Chat. yeah. So uh, I, I, <laughs> it just kind of made me giggle because uh, you 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 basically articulated what I've been feel, feeling lately, which I've described the ab as just you know this corona fatigue that I'm just done with it, and uh, and and you articulated it well. And when you started talking about NPCs, I thought, yeah, you know, I'm kind of into this crypto thing. So I think I know what really happened was I traded in my my Fodemic video game for the crypto video game. And I'm just playing a new game right now. That's all. Well, I'm glad you said that because you were on a call with Ab maybe two or three weeks ago. And you were saying how you've got this corona fatigue. And even in the Bitcoin sphere, all people talk about is corona and um, vaccines. Oh, yeah. I'm like, yes. Like this has taken over. This has taken over everything, and surely people are going to start to get sick of it. You know what I mean? Like yeah. surely at some point. So hearing you say that, I'm like, good. This sounds like uh, Uncle Lord is sick of it. Good. I'm sick of it. I am sick of it. But we don't forget, Toronto is the most locked down city in yeah. North America, the longest nor- lockdown. So we're still in it. You guys, you guys never were in it like we are. We're still being screwed royally. Yeah, yeah, that sucks, Ab. I mean, it really does. So, so it's unavoidable for you to have it in your face all the time. Um, but, but it's it, it's t- to your point, John. I uh, joined this uh, the Crypto Vigilante Summit, and they have a really nice uh, uh, Telegram chat group. And man, I was learning so much in there. And it was like fucking scope creep, like a cancer. All of a sudden, people started posting in there the same shit you see in every other telegram now that has to do with Bill Gates and 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 th- this pandemic and just everything associated with it. And I finally raised my hand in there, and I'm like, guys, this is a sick, uh, crypto-centric uh, chat. And I said, can we please get back on topic? And... You know, basically, I got admonished by it was just like the 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 ninety five percent of the NPCs they just are programmed to they they'd rather talk about that instead of what the frickin' channel's all about. So it's like I don't know what to do about that except just say fuck it. Wow. Yeah, it, it was like like a cancer, it, and it is. It's take like my uh, my uncle Odd discussion on Telegram. I mean. It's like I never contribute to it anymore. I'll, I'll look at it periodically, but it's just been it's been overrun, and I don't mind. I mean, I really don't mind because look, if I'm not being prolific in there, then uh, got your name on it. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, but but it, and look, it was kind of started centered around all of this before I was yeah. uh, banned from everything. But once you get banned, and John, you know this. I mean, what? Once you just get censored and beaten back so many times, I think I'm on my sixth channel now. It's like I don't even want to put energy in it, into it anymore. It's like, okay, I learned my well, lesson. Well, that's why they do it. 
That's yeah. why they do it. Thing. I think it's part of it. It's like demoralizing. Right. Yeah. It, it's like, what, 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 why? Why do that then? Let me at least talk about something that they've, you know, I think for a while they'll still let you talk about cryptocurrency, but so we'll see. So you're a Jeff Berg fan now. Yeah, I like him. I, I really do like him. I think he's a, uh, I know you, like with any of us, you could do a little a little search and you can find all kinds of shit. But yeah, I genuinely like the guy. I think he's the real deal. I find him like he did a drunk, it's a shame, drunk blog. It's a shame that you guys can't listen to Marcus's latest call. He does this really cool thing where he takes, you know that drunk video that you posted, Ab of uh, Jeff Berrick, where he's like, you yeah. don't like this, you know, I don't, you know, I don't care. I don't care. Yeah. Basically, yeah. So what, uh, what Marcus has done very cleverly is taken that, what was it, 40, 50 minutes and just cut out. Yeah. And he doesn't change the chronology of it. He doesn't mishmash anything. He's not being unfair. He just takes a whole bunch of clips from that and puts them together in like a four or five minute medley. And it's basically just Jeff Berg saying, blah, 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 blah. What was I saying again? Oh, that's right. I don't care if you don't like this. Blah, 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 blah. What was, what was the point I was trying to make? Oh, yeah, if you don't like this, then fuck off. <laughs> like one by one by one. When you condense his video down to four or five minutes, it is very funny. One of the funniest things Marcus has ever done on his most recent call. And it's a shame. And you have to pay for it. He, he, he should put it on YouTube. That'd be funny. Well, it's, he's put his effort into cutting that video down, and you know, some would say he, if he wants recompense for it, that's fair enough. I'm gonna have to. I'm gonna email yeah, Marcus. Say, Marcus, do you have a yearly option? Because last time I spoke to him, he said he did, but I can't find it on his site. Because I think nineteen dollars a well, week. Mar- Marcus, that's, Marcus that's, that's is a marketing a genius. Marcus is a marketing genius. He'll put it up, take it down, limited time. Uh, he does all those things. So it probably was there, and he probably took it down. Yeah, maybe. Maybe I'll have to email him because I, I think people would really get a kick out of his uh, most recent. His most Just recent so everybody time. knows, I'm on. Um, I prefer Bitcoin. If you want to shoot me some do re mi, but you got to let me know because I I don't even look in the wallet. I don't even remember what wallet it was actually. Otherwise, um, it looks like Patreon and Subscribestar are pretty good options. Although I hear Patreon is getting into the censorship game where they're kicking people off they don't like. So it's a moving target here. So they I think add you IPS. IPS is still on there, so I mean they're not getting rid of everyone yet. I would, you know, and you know Zachary no, K. Hubbard is starting. still on Patreon. He's making all kinds of cash on Patreon, so you can't. Yeah, I I, I saw Patreon. he has. Some crazy number of Patreon, six thousand. Even if they're paying one dollar each, he's making a a haul. It would, it would seem, even on conservative estimates, if the six thousand or whatever it is Patreons is uh, to be believed, which I suspect it might actually yeah. be true, even on conservative yeah. estimates, you, he's, he's making six figures a year just from Patreon. That's why he's putting his book yeah, or go, anything else. Go, uncle. Go, uncle. So, so you should go to Unstoppable. dot com. And you should uh, okay. you should you should buy fakeologist.crypto. It'll be forty bucks. And then what you can do is that can be your permanent forever crypto address that you could say, hey, just send me a little Ethereum, you know, whatever you'd like. Or if if that if Bitcoin's your preference, screw that. Just go Ethereum because then you can use this dot uh, crypto address, and then it goes okay. right into your wallet. There's no uh, there's no middleman. There's nobody taking 30% out of it. And then you are on the blockchain forever. And ultimately, okay. you could turn that dot .crypto, fakeologist.crypto address into a website. So, like, I grabbed uncleod.crypto, uh, 
Um, and and I grabbed another one for business purpose, um, just because yeah. I think it's kind of like. Why that. do we and need them? Why do we need them? Because it 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 it, it gives you one address forever for cryptocurrency to where people oh. could. Because I got fakeologist.com for the But nobody donate. goes there. Nobody. It's a but, pain in but, the ass. But why are they going to go to fakeologist.crypto if they don't go to fakeologist.com? People are going to start, maybe not today, but people are going to start getting socialized to that, to where they know that if they want to be able to give somebody a tip or if, like, imagine if you were, and maybe you were, but if you were at the, 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 the leading edge way back when of Patreon or any of this stuff, I'm just telling you, this is the next thing, I believe. Um, it, it, okay. It's, I, I, Uncle Odd, I hope that podcasting 2.0 which adam curry says he's working on yeah i'm hoping that whatever he's doing to somehow monetize the file or the feed yeah that you will just be able to touch your phone and shoot me 25 cents and sure. that's it that that is what i'm hoping for that anything that's super easy like that that's what i hope all right, so I just gave you a super I, easy one. You can choose to listen to it or not, but that, that's my tip for the day. All right, no, I'm going to look so, at it's, it. it. It's a $40 investment. I think you can manage. Oh, man, so i got to pay money. Oh, geez. okay. Well, okay. You're, I'll look at it. Yeah. <laughs> it's an investment. And you can only use, it's sense. only for Ethereum? It's for Ethereum? Yeah, because it's on the Ethereum chain. But Ethereum's going to be... But you can convert Ethereum, obviously, to Bitcoin. Yeah, I know. I, yeah, sure, sure. But you see, it's good for you because you don't have a central website. I do. But, you don't but, have... But fakeologist.crypto can ultimately be your crypto, your, not crypto, your website that nobody could ever take down, that would, that, 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 that is in the blockchain. I mean, it's, uh, it's, I don't understand the in the blockchain reference. I don't know, I know what that means. I know, I know. It's all confusing. It's like uh, I'm learning a lot about non fungible tokens right now, and that's confusing until it's not. And then it's and then you're like, oh wow, okay, I get where this is going. So that's well, non fungible means it's uh, it belongs to one. And what does it mean again? It, it means if it's you, not it, transferable. Think, think of it as a. If I have a dollar bill and you have a dollar bill and we switch it, that's fungible. Now fungible, you have my dollar yeah. bill, but it's the same thing. But if I have my dog, Zammy, and you have your dog, Barney, if we switch those dogs, sure, it's the dog, but they're different. So that th th you can't, th they're one of a kind. Yeah, they're not transferable. Right. And I'd have and to go to a, a store that takes Zammy's. Well, and not Barney. I I I have a uh, I have one video and a an image of Zami. Each the video has been shared like a billion times. I mean, it's just crazy. And then there's the one that made him famous, his his famous photo. And I'm gonna turn that into an N NFT. And I'm not I'm no shit. I'm gonna do this. And I'm gonna put it on uh, I'm gonna put it on an auction for a hundred thousand dollars. For for this famous photo of Zami, because you know somebody out there 
<laughs> it's so early in it. Just might buy it. It's the craziest damn yeah. thing. And if they never do, who gives a shit? He's swinging for the fence there, you know? It's something that I know has been shared so many times that there is just this mass appeal to this feel-good image. And I was just sitting there going on one of my walks. I'm like, fuck, why not me, man? <laughs> why Why should some of this, this artist put something together that looks just kind of, I don't get his art, but he sold it for $69,000. <laughs> you know, why not? Why not, Sammy? We'll see. Yeah. How's everything else going, uh, Oddball? Good. I'm going to be a batch bachelor for the next week. My wife and daughter, they're going down to South Florida. And uh, so my, my... You are my in go- South Florida. Oh, you're no, in Central Florida. Yeah, Central. But uh, so, so you know, my uh, go-to vacation shit, because I'm telling you, I just, I, I don't, if, if I don't, tra- unlike you, John Laban, if I don't travel again ever, I mean, I, I just, I just don't like the hassle of engaging in society with all. Oh, this. are they ever making it miserable? Eh? Are they making travel miserable or what? Well, now you can't, uh, you can't in the U.S. You can't uh, take a flight if uh, they won't honor exemptions, mask exemptions, and they, uh, they, rec- it, uh, if you, if they do honor it, you have to uh, provide a PCR test. You have to have a letter from your doctor, and you have to have a provide a PCR test within the last three days. And I'm never going to do that, guys. Oh. You're listening. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Radio on Fakeologist.com. Hey, John Lebon. Yeah, they've created. John, still there? Yeah, man, I'm still here. Go ahead. So, John, tell me about you're in Bulgaria, right? Yeah, I'm here in Bulgaria, man. I've been here for about uh, 10 weeks now. So far, so good. Tell me what your impressions are of the people, of just the place and space, and do you love it or you, do you regret it? Look, I like it here. If I can boil it down into 30 seconds for you, this place is renowned for having people who are like a little bit cold on the outside and cynical, and I have found that to be true. However, okay. I think overall the people are nice enough. I like being around, you know, European people. It's a good change from two years of being in Asia. Everything here is super affordable. I enjoy the food. I enjoy the nature. I enjoy the slower pace of life. And I'm happy to be here so far. I'm planning to stay here long term. I'm in the process of trying to get a long-term residency, which costs a lot of money, but I'm happy to pay it. And That's all great. going well, I will get a long-term lease here. And I guess it's not a perfect country, but what country is. So far, That's I really awesome. can't complain. Are the women pretty? Yeah, prettier than I was expecting. I, I didn't even think of that before I came here. That wasn't like uh, something that I was actually putting that much thought into. But once I got to Sofia, especially the capital, it is just incredible how, um, yeah, fancy question, yeah. And do they speak English, a lot of them? Is that common? The young people do. People below the age of 30 speak at least a base level in most cases. The older people, not so much, but anyone below 30 or 35 tend to speak enough English to communicate. Are you uh, trying to learn their language? Not yet, not until I get residency, because if I don't get residency, I have to leave in a couple oh, okay. of weeks. But if I do get residency, then I'll stay here, then I will definitely learn the language 100%. But there's just no point trying to learn it if I'm going to yeah. be gone at the end of March. Yeah. yeah. Now, why did you choose Bulgaria over anywhere else? Because I wanted a European Union country, and of all of those Europe- European Union countries, this one had one of the lowest cost of livings, and there were a couple of places here that I thought would be cool to check out, and uh, the town I'm in right now is one of them. So that's why I chose Bulgaria, and uh, so far, so good. 
And so you're in a you're in the major city there. No, I started off in Sofia. That's where the the airport is. But there's a ski town called Bansko, and that's where I've been for the last oh, two months. Oh, so you have, you have mountains around you. Hundred percent. Yeah, it's been freezing cold for most of the time I've been here. It's the first time I've lived in the snow. First time I went skiing was a couple of weeks ago. That was awesome. Oh, oh, awesome. So, so, so I love the mountains. So you, you just have a lot of eye candy surrounding you. Well, it's a beautiful place, and I mean, I think anyone who just enjoys picturesque views, this this place is sensational. I mean, it's ice-capped mountains, three sixty degrees. Wow. And then that's nice. the people who come here are either the wealthy, wealthy of Bulgaria or like the upper middle class of the rest of Europe because it's so okay. cheap. I mean, you can go skiing here. A ski pass for a day here is 70 lev, which is like 40 US dollars. Oh, my gosh. That's crazy. Yeah, it's crazy. It's crazy. And that's a good ski slopes too. They held the World Cup here right. uh, last weekend. Oh, my gosh. That's cool. Good for you. Good decision. Uh, well, Does we'll it warm up in the out. summer? Does it yep, warm up in the summer this, in the mountain area? This, yeah, this town is known for its hiking. Like, this town is still popular in the summer, still as a vacation retreat for people to go and enjoy the mountains as, as hiking or doing, like, um, you know, those little four-wheel drive uh, motorbike kind of things. So, yeah, but yeah. I don't plan to stay here. If I get residency, I don't plan to stay here. I might do one more month here because um, like I'm in a good groove here, but I don't plan to stay here uh, for the summer. I'm going to go to uh, probably one of the... Maybe the, there's a beach town that's on the Black Sea. And mm. I think it's a Black Sea, and I'll just go and stay there for the, for the summer. And yeah, but I don't want to say too much about all of that because you can pay the money. You can go through all the bullshit that you know, all the emails back and forth, and blah blah blah, and then pay the money. Yeah. There's no guarantees here uh, with residency, so I don't want to speak too much about the future until it's sure, set in stone. Sure, sure, sure. How are um, who are they? How are they on the COVID? They're a lot better than Malaysia, that's for sure. I mean, put it this way: I haven't had to scan a QR code once. No one's even suggested I would have to do that. The restaurants and bars opened on March 1. What are we now, March 13? So they've been open for two weeks now, or thereabouts. So we can eat indoors now. And I mean, no one's paranoid. You don't get that sense mask. of... If anything, the only time you get weird looks from people is when you accidentally leave your mask on when you leave a shopping centre. Not a shopping centre, but like a little shop. And you forget to take your mask off. And people look at you weird, and it's like, oh, oops, we've got to take it off. Whereas in oh, uh, Malaysia, awesome. it's the opposite. Yeah. yeah. Wow, that's awesome. So you got to wear a mask in the stores? Only some of them. It just depends on whoever's in the store. Like my cafe, my well, I've got two cafes I like here. One of them that I like to go to. It depends on who's working. If the dude's working, he doesn't give a shit. If the chick's working, she's wearing a mask and she will like say, you know, please put on your mask. It just depends. Wow. See, it's it's a cool. I'm, try, I'm trying to answer. I'm trying to answer your questions as quick as I can because I don't really like talking about like the overseas thing. I, I know that some people find it like not just. It's not that well, I find like it boring. It. I think I think some people when they hear this kind of discussion, it's it's almost grating because it's like. I don't want to say people resent it or they're envious, but it's almost like, I don't know, man. I don't really talk about the, the overseas thing that much. But if you want to ask the questions, man, I'll answer them as best I can. You know? No, I, I like it. I'm not, I, I am envious, but not for that long because I know I, I couldn't, I probably wouldn't adapt to that lifestyle. But I am envious about traveling because one of the things I was intending to do when I retired is travel. Mm-hmm. But you know, I think I waited too long because it looks like, for now, I think we're going to go through a 10-year impossible or a pain in the ass to travel. And I'm kind of like, odd. I don't want friction with something that's already very different for me. I don't mm-hmm. want to jump through a thousand hoops to get on a plane. I don't even, I'm not even a big fan of flying to begin with. So mm-hmm. now they've made all this, this friction. And that, that was the whole goal, to stop people from enjoying life and to stop people from 
so-called burning fossil fuels uh, and and just really restricting their their mobility, which is what this is all about, I think. If things do pan out that Mexico is more open yeah. than um, Canada or the US, do you think it's possible, Ab, that you will end up you know, retiring in Mexico? Like, is that at all a possibility or not a, not a chance? Well, like I said before, my parents have a house in Mexico. They're, they've been trying to sell it for a year. Wow. Because I think they don't want to, they don't want to be down there if they have if they have a health problem because they figure they're going into their 80s and 80s is when your body starts to basically fall apart. I don't know specifically what ails them because they're very private and. Uh, but they just don't want to be there if there's a problem. They want to be here in Canada so they can line up for health care and or be treated like a piece of crap when they come into the system. So that's their only motivation. Because I said, why are you here? You're not even visiting any of us. You won't let us come over. You won't come over to our house. So why are you here? It doesn't make any sense. It's cold here. and You can fall down when you go for a walk on the ice. But... That's their motivation, I understand, for being here. So they have a place there. I've been there twice. The only thing I don't, number one, it's if you're retired, it's okay, but I'm not necessarily into running a business down there. So I could retire down there, but I'm not really, I'm not sure I'm the retirement type. And the other thing I don't like is um, I don't like the disparity of wealth between people with money and no money. Now, there are at least, there are many enclaves of American, North American Canadians and Americans down there where you would feel a little safer because you're amongst mostly Americanos and Canadianos or whatever they call them. So you're not, you're not living with the majority that are very poor. I just don't like living in a million dollar house, and that's a million dollars American. Now, I wouldn't live in one of those, but you could. There's so many of them. And across the street are five people living in a hole in a wall, literally. Wow. I don't like that. I'm very nervous by that because if if you run into a young man who's 18 that might, for whatever reason, have a chip on his shoulder and, and you had, say, a watch on, what would stop him from cutting your hand off to get the watch? Because he's got nothing, you have everything. So I don't like that disparity. And it's probably paranoia. It's probably not justified because Mexicans are very family-oriented. Their families do control them very well. They're they're just not wild people. They're very, very much committed to family, I believe. And they're mostly Catholic, so they're quite under control by at least the church, if not their own family. So I could do that, and I would live in a place. There are many places in Mexico where, like the guy said yesterday, they chase the 70s, which means that the temperature is always in the 70s, which is the absolute optimal temperature year-round. Mm-hmm. So there's a few places in Mexico that are like that, including where my parents live half the year or used to live. So I just don't know right now. I, I don't really want to leave here because I don't think I should have to leave where I'm from. <laughs> I, that really aggravates me. Mm-hmm. Why should I have to leave? They should leave. But if the crowd... See, I'm I'm not afraid of the government. I'm afraid of the the mob. If the mob turns insane, and they've already proven that they are mostly insane, then things could get dangerous for people that don't think like the mob. So they're the greatest danger. And that's what 
Yeah. John, you uh, you have single-handedly helped me reconcile all of this shit with your NPC theory. And I, I don't know if that's your original one or, or not, but, but anyway, the way you articulate it, that's how I view the world right now. And it is, it does provide this sense of freedom because it's just like, I, it, I told somebody the other day, I said, do me a favor, go to your television, turn it on. Now, I want you to try to argue with any one of those characters on television. I mean, they're, they're there. They're, they're having their own conversation. Interrupt them and have a conversation about what you're thinking. Try to be persuasive. Just go try it. And, and obviously you can't. But that is, if you, if you, if now I look and I'm going through Publix grocery store and I'm just seeing 99% of these NPCs walking around, it's like, I, I don't even bother thinking about it anymore. I'm just like, <laughs> NPCs. Yeah, and it's, it, it adds a certain level of peace because I still hear people saying, you know, I hear people saying, like even yesterday I heard someone say, oh, it's been a year, how much longer will it take? And it's like, no, it's been a year for you to realize. Not for them, for you to realize that they're not going to change. Okay, if they were going to work out this was a scam, they'd have done it in the first couple of weeks. They didn't exactly. do that. Exactly, right. What do you think, John? This is, this is one thing that is unanswered in my mind. Um, why do you think there, are, there is a difference in human species, PCs versus NPCs? I mean, well, the best I can come up with is the same as a lot of mass multiplayer online video games, like where you, you're playing and there's other people around the world playing in the same level, like the same world. Those tend to still have bots in there just to populate it, just to make it more fun. Like yeah. there's not enough people to populate the world, so they still put bots in there. That's the best I can come up with. Like this place would be very boring if there were no bots. Like for instance, I paid a guy to take me uh, ski. I've never skied before, so I paid yeah. an instructor for two hours one-on-one tuition. He was a nice guy. For all I know, he's a play character. But what if he is just a bot? He was still cool. I enjoyed hanging out with him. We went and yeah. uh, got food and a couple of beers afterwards. It was great. Like, he was cool. Like, the, yeah. those people make the world better. If it was just the player characters, there'd be no one in this town. There'd be no one... There might not be a person within 500 miles of here. The place would be derelict, empty. Who, you know? who, who wrote the game? Well, that, well, your guess is as good as mine on that one. Okay. I have no idea. <laughs> but 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 do you do you feel pretty comfortable that we're living in a game? I mean, you can if you want to call it a game, you can call it that. The only problem with calling it a game is what is the mission? Like, I don't know what the mission here is. Yeah. Know? Like, what is the point of it? Like, I don't know. I, and the well, thing I too, like, I don't end travel, dying. But well, maybe. But I mean, like, we're all we're all going to get old, <laughs> aren't we? Like, that's you know what I mean? It's, yeah, I don't know. Yeah. Jeff the thing too is, another reason why I, I don't like talking about the travel thing is because if I talk about it, I don't want to just talk about the good things. I want to talk about the bad things as well. And I don't want to talk about the bad things. Like this lifestyle that I'm leading, there are some good things to it. But there are some horrible, horrible elements to it as well, which I don't want to talk about. So I kind of feel like if I do talk about it at all, then I'm going to do the, the so-called truth a disservice by not mentioning the bad shit. And I don't want to talk about the bad shit. I don't bring people down. Why, why, why don't, don't bring... you want to talk about the bad shit? Because it's bad. Like, I don't want to... There's, there's nothing that, that I can say to you or you can say to me that changes it. It's just... This is just the nature of this... Yeah, but don't you think... Part. Don't you think that would be interesting for people to... to uh, For me, I would be very curious on the good and the bad. Why the fuck would I only want to hear the good? If there is bad, I'd be totally curious about that. 
Well, what I want to do is eventually like do a podcast just dedicated to the travel thing. I've been meaning to do this for a year now, 18 months, and so mm-hmm. eventually I will. But if it's just an, a fake old just audio chat or just a John the Bond member call, I really don't want to talk about that stuff because it's just like Got it. when people click play, they don't know what they're listening to. Whereas if I do a podcast and I say, guys, here's the truth about traveling solo, especially in these right. times, when they press play, they have, they've kind Mentally of... Mentally prepared. Well, they've made the decision. You know, they weren't forced to press play. Whereas if they're just listening to fake or just audio chat and they want to listen to Rollo be drunk or Rick talk about his time in the movie industry or uh, Ab talk about, you know, we were shoveling snow in Ontario or whatever, and all of a sudden they get JLB just dropping, hey, did you know this? Right. They, don't want to, they, didn't, they didn't click on that. Why is this guy sitting here saying all the bad shit about travel? No one forced you to go traveling, JLB. Fuck you. You know what I'm trying to say? Yeah. Right. Why are you dumping this shit on us? Yeah. Okay. I get it. That makes sense. Well, I I look forward to uh, I look forward to you when you have your travel chat. I'm 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 not uh, I am not prolific as far as being a JLB member. I'm I am a member, but I'm just not that engaged. It's just too so many hours in a day. And uh, but but when you do do the travel one, let me know, please. I listen man. to it. I listen to it, JLB. Oh, that's that, I, I pretty, that's nice of you guys to say that. Let me ask you guys this though. Are your wives cool with you if you say, honey, I'm not getting a vaccine, I'm not taking a PCR test, we're not going on our yearly trip to the Bahamas or whatever, like, is that going to cause problems for, like, your domestic situation? Not a, not, no, not, my wife, not a bit. My wife, my wife's already told me she doesn't want to travel, she doesn't want any of this crap. We're on the same page, a member it really of my helps site. a lot. There's a member really of my helps. site, and he popped into Factology just a couple of years ago, so he's not a complete stranger here, but... He mentioned on a member call that he's, he, like, he, he, he did pretty well for himself in his life. He worked hard. He, he did well for himself. And he, he and his wife now go on holidays you know, fairly regularly. And apparently their anniversary is coming up. And he was telling us his story on the after call last week in one of our member calls. And he's like, she wants to go overseas. And he's like, I don't want to get the PCR test. I'm not getting a vaccine. And now he's got this problem where it's like, what does he do? On the one hand, he does not want to get involved in the PCRs and the vaccines. On the other hand, he's got his wife who he wants to be happy with her, and she wants to go travelling. She thinks, like, she believes the TV, as most people do. You can see the blind bits in, can't you? And I'm like, shit, man, I can't. I, I can barely even imagine that situation. I'm trying to say, like, this is, uh, the real, this is real life for people. This is real life. It's like, oh, yeah. wow. Infinite divisions, infinite divisions. It's causing infinite divisions. Look, I can't Good morning, control guys. anybody else. Who's this? Hey, I'm this guy, it's Gaia with the bad mic. Guy, I told you, yeah. get a good mic, man. Yeah, that's fine. Yeah. Buy a mic for me, okay? No. Uh, the, I can't buy a mic. You can get a used mic for cheap because you you sound terrible, man. I know, but that is how it is now. No, no, no. I mean, this was my... Oh, come on, man. You, you sound Why so the hell far away. Take a test? Come on, man. Come on, man. Come on, man. What is he doing? Come on, man. Give me a little Come on, man. Here. But everybody knows who this guy is. Come on, man. Come on. Come on, man. Get a life. <laughs> That's great. See, Let's take see. it from Joe. That's Joe. It's Joe. I, I, I try to put all those NPC characters out of my life. Oh, I want to say, <laughs> I mean, this is... Joe's a, a player, man. Paola. I mean, Paola is completely normie. 
Her mother, too. Hey, are we on a, are you on a, like, are, do you have us on speaker? Because we can't even no, hear you. We can't tablet. hear you. I have a tablet. I have a tablet. This is all I have. Well, it sucks, man. Put the tablet right up to your mouth. But you're yelling from a mile away. No, I'm not. I'm sitting here. This is sound how it is now. Is this the Molly cast? Because if the Molly cast is like this, Molly can't no, even hear. Is, I, I haven't done Molly cast because I don't have my laptop. We love you, but you're we a can't con- even hear you. You're a contentious character all the time. <laughs> yeah, I like Guy, but if his mic's not working, it ruins the audio because you don't boost the audio, right? So yeah, <clears> when hard. someone comes on with the audio that doesn't work, like. LSP, you know, Lost Spider, Phallus, as he calls himself. I love what the guy has to say, but sometimes he comes in, he's just too loud, and then I can't hear what everyone else is saying, unless I boost, unless I have them at normal, but then I can't listen because it hurts my ears, right? Right. Like, having audio that's not balanced uh, ruins ruins the the podcast. So I want to hear what guy has to say, but if he's too quiet, it doesn't work, unfortunately. There's a... Hold on, he's out. You're listening to... Would you like to support Fakeologist.com and all the content we're creating? We operate on the value-for-value principle, where you pay whatever you can for whatever value you feel you've received. We accept donations in almost every form, from PayPal to Bitcoin. Please go to Fakeologist.com forward slash donate for your payment options. Thank you for your support. Fakeologist.crypto so what are the big plays, Uncle Otto? Are you on uh, any of the uh, old coins or the shit coins as they're known? Any big plays over the next week or two? Uh, the next big players or plays? The big play, like, oh, get on this coin, get on that coin. I hear that this coin's going no. to the moon. No, there's a guy named Mike Newton. He has a service called Moonstream. So I've, I've, uh, I did the initial, you know, manic, uh, subscribed to like four different services because I figured information, you know, was knowledge would be power and I, I didn't want to fuck anything up. So I churned through a few subscriptions that I would say were, were just mistakes, but I did stumble upon uh, this Mike Newton with Moonstream. What I like about him is uh, first of all, his track record is he has like 55 out of 56 coins that he's predicted correctly. And he has, an assessment, uh, the way he assesses coins is really, really smart. Um, he doesn't just look at utility, the market, but he also really takes a deep dive into the communities. So he'll go to all of these boards, and if you have a coin to where all of a sudden there's like 19,000 pages of people talking about Monero, which was the case like a couple of years ago, that then would get on his radar. Anyway, long story tolerable. Uh, you know, his service is relatively, I think it's reasonable. He only, he took 200 people two and a half years ago. He never opened it up again until recently. I got in on it. So I'm, I'm, he has 200 more people and you meet on, uh, the first Monday of every month and he'll provide one or two coins. That's it. One or two coins because otherwise what happens is, it just becomes a fire hose after a while, and you just, you know, there's 7,000 coins out there and growing. So nobody getting into this space now knows shit, I'm telling you. And so 
Yeah, I'm, personally, my strategy because uh, I'm, I've, I've liquidated my IRAs into an LLC IRA, which is self-directed. So now I'm really having to think about this. What's my 10-year plan? So mine's going to be like 60% Bitcoin, probably. Eh, maybe not. Maybe 50% Bitcoin, 20% Ethereum. I'll probably have 15% to be able to just dabble in the coins that Mike suggests. Uh, and then I'll have 15% that's probably just going to be cash, you know, dry powder for if if all of a sudden Bitcoin uh, retraces and, and such. It's, it's like, okay, well, if you, if you go in and get some, you know, when it when it's low or, or that's probably a smart thing to do. But I am just, uh, I'm not going to chase coins on my own. Just not going to do it because I'm just not smart enough. Did I hear you say a couple of weeks ago to Ab on one of your calls that you paid for some course and then they tried to upsell you again and you didn't get what you wanted, so you called them and they, they didn't refund you? Like, am I, am I kind of remembering the details? Yeah, that's, that's Weiss Ratings. That was, I had an older gentleman, you know, when I was going through that notice of liability stuff, there is a guy that was encouraged me to get into cryptocurrency before I finally did. And he ended up, he was a subscriber to, to Weiss Ratings and had said, you know, positive things about it. So uh, right after I decided to, to dive in, um, they had a service that normally was, you know, the, I didn't know this. But what you get into is, the, are, is this freaking sales funnel, right? So they create this sense of urgency to where the normal subscription, which is just false bullshit, but I didn't think about it. Seven thousand dollars a year, but you get all these inside tips, and it's you know, and 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 then you say, but but we're going to take just five hundred people at at uh, twenty seven ninety five. That's that's the number. We're just going to take five hundred, and that's one year. And if you do not, if you if you say what we say to invest in, if you don't double your portfolio in a year, you'll get the second year free. And then you get into that. And then this this uh, five minute clock starts, and it gives you five minutes to make the determination. Okay, would you like to convert that to basically if you pay for two years, so now you're at fifty seven hundred bucks, let's just say, two years, then 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 you will have a lifetime subscription. And so I'm working on the fact that these guys have this great track record. Their their marketing videos were great, totally. Hook, line, and sinker. And so I talked to my wife, Yana, and we decided, fuck it, let's do it. So 5700 bucks paid. And then what I, what I started to realize over the, the, the next six weeks was that these, these guys, all they talked about was the coins that they suggested buying last year, which included the usual suspects of Bitcoin and Ether, etc. So... They would just report on where those investments were, but not once did they say you need to invest in this coin. And that's really what I was interested in was, okay, give me a coin to invest in so that I can get these 1,500% returns that you talk about. So they then promoted that on Tuesday afternoon at 2 p.m., mark your schedule because we are going to give you three undiscovered coins. And I was like, fucking A, man, this is what I'm in it for. This is just awesome. 
I basically played hooky that afternoon, and I got there at 2 o'clock, and they start the video, and then I read right under it, it says transcript. So I'm like, hmm, so they've already pre-prepared this. Let me just open that up and look down through it. I was only interested in what are the three undiscovered coins. Well, guess fucking what? There was no undiscovered coins. All they were doing was promoting, it was an infomercial for you to get into another service for $3,000. But if you're a member, you can get it for $2,500. And, and then that's where you'll get the undiscovered coins. And they talked about the undiscovered coins from last year that were 2,700% growth and all of this shit. And that pissed me off. And so that's when I did an outreach to them. Long story tolerable, I was able to get my second year back, but they wouldn't refund the first. And I've just decided that now if anybody goes to Uncle Odd, uh, or I mean Uncle Vigilante on Telegram, I'm copying every freaking uh, newsletter that I get from them. Whenever I get it from them, I'm copying the text, pasting it in there. I figured I'll share the wealth if there's something over the next year that we all get out of it. God bless America, but I'm I'm so done with them. I gave them plenty of opportunity to I, – I told them, I said, guys, I, I'll shut my mouth if you just do what you promised. Give me three coins. They wouldn't do it. So, yeah, that's where that's where I – I mean, now I'm – look, we all learn by our mistakes, and you can kind of call that tuition. And so now I can tell people, newbies coming in, that's one thing I would not do is not – Sometimes it's urgent to do nothing. Don't don't think you're 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 missing out on anything. Don't fall into these sales funnels. Just stop, take a deep breath, get in the game, learn the language, get a wallet, get on Coinbase or whatever exchange, buy a few coins, don't invest more than a thousand bucks, just try to figure it out, and then things will come to you. But I really am am happy about the Moonstream service because even his training is just like, I mean, it, it, it's just like second to none. It's just so. so who was good. this group? Did you say they called themselves Weiss Ratings? Is what you said they called? Yeah, Weiss W E I S S Ratings. That's Weiss, uh, like David Weiss. Yeah, David like Weiss. David, no, not I was David. thinking the same thing. Yeah. And, then, <laughs> and so they gave you back. They gave you back some of the money. What was the end? At the end of the day, how much were you out of pocket? Twenty-seven fifty. Oh, at least you got back a couple of grand. That's good. So oh, yeah, so you paid, that, paid for, that paid for my other services and shit, and and then gave me a little bit of dry powder, uh, which which the first coin that Mike recommended, um, it 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 like within a week it was up like forty five percent, and and it's one of those that he's like as tempting as it's going to be for you to say wow I'm up forty five percent in a week, he's like that's not why you're here, you know you you. <laughs> This may be a year, it may be a year and a half, but what you want is for it to go up, you know, 4,000%. So it's that that type of thing. Yeah, I'm just looking at their website right now. I mean, they look, their website certainly looks professional. They claim to give advice to TV stations, what have you. Their, um, their Twitter, though, interestingly, only has about 500 followers. Like, you'd think if they had um, a good track record, they'd, you know what I'm trying to say, like, if yeah. I if I said to you five years ago, buy this, we work this, or buy this, or you know whatever, you know you would track a lot. I did it with um. I predicted the Bitcoin crash of 2017, 
and that video got up to 100,000 views before that channel was deleted. Wow. It became one of my most popular videos, right? And wow. I've got tons of people signing up to my uh, mailing list, even to this day, because I promote the mailing list uh, through that video. And that's why sometimes I'll send out an email and I'll get these unsubscribes from those people who signed up thinking that I'm some kind of crypto guru, which I'm not. Right. I just called that particular crash. Yeah, you can say yeah, that was yeah. luck if you want to. It doesn't matter. So people love a winner. So if you, if you, or what they think is a winner. So if Wise Ratings had ever picked a good winner, you'd think they'd have more than 500 followers, wouldn't you? Like, you would think that. But, uh, but, or they just don't focus on Twitter as a platform. Um, and, and I will tell you, if you can, you can go to Uncle Vigilante, the Telegram discussion, and I posted the last two n- newsletters, and you can kind of see their style, and they actually provide excellent, excellent analysis. So I don't discount the fact that I am going to get value over the next year. So I don't think it is a total waste. Mine was more of a passionate, fuck you, I'm done with you because you basically lied to me. You 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 did what I hate. I, I've been a professional salesperson my whole life, and I detest fake left, go right salesmanship. And that's what they did. It's just I now I do not trust them. Anything that they send to me, I'm like, that's just another sales funnel they're trying to get me in. Fake left, promise something that they don't deliver on unless you get out your wallet and pay for something more, and I hate that. Oh, yeah. I mean, when you said that they had that thing saying you've got to sign up in, in half an hour or whatever, that's just classic um, Five sales minutes. tactics. Five minutes. Five minutes. Yeah, that's classic. It's like, I think people refer to it yeah. as um, raising the buying temperature. In other words, get people to feel like there's an urgency. Dude, in works. phone center and sales, it's the same thing. It's like, oh, I'll speak to my manager. They come back a minute later. They haven't spoken to anybody. They've put you on hold. You're waiting to see yeah. what the result going to be. My manager says, if you sign up right now, we can do it straight away. Yeah, okay, done. Yeah. It's just, it's just it's and, 101, and you know what's dude. embarrassing? Do you know what's embarrassing, John? My living is in this world of sales, and I fell for it. I mean, I should have, at that point in time, I should have said, whoa, wait a minute. I'm in a sales funnel. This this usually doesn't end well. They're going to pick my pocket. But I just, I was so new to the crypto space, and, and I just, you know, I'm excited about it. I, I believe in it. I have a lot of smart people who've been telling me to get into it for years and years and years. And and I know how well they're doing. And so I'm just like, okay, it's time. I got to just fucking get out of my own way here. And so, but but I, I just fell for it. Just fell for it. Just feel like a schmuck. Well, you know what I love about when you told that story to Ab, I was like, I just love that Uncle Lod's being open about this, being honest about it. Like, a lot of people would have too much pride or ego to, to openly say what had happened. Because I, I was going for a walk, as I often do, listening to that chat, and just hearing you explain it. Like, at first I was kind of surprised. I'm like, Uncle Lotta, isn't this kind of, doesn't he know this industry? Like, But then I was like, you know what? Good on this guy for telling the story. I wish more people would do this. If more people could say, hey, this guy swindled me this way, or these people, maybe not swindle, but they weren't what they... If people just spoke about their experiences more, maybe more people would, would, would um, catch on to things Benefit. Earlier. But they benefit, yeah. yeah. But a lot of people, yeah. when, when they get stooged, you know, ego takes over, pride takes over. They just go quiet. You never hear from them again. And it's like, well, that's what I'm trying to say. That's how this. That's how this keeps happening. Uncle Odd wears his heart on his sleeve. Uncle Odd wears his heart on his sleeve. He's a good guy. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Thank you. But I went to a. I went to a crypto meetup back in 2013 or 14, and the people that were there, because this was back when I was more, you know, libert- supposedly libertarian and all that kind of yeah. crap. And I was there, I thought the tech was good for the, the avoid the government element of it. 
Dude, there was only like three of us in the room who gave a shit about that. Everyone else was just there for the get-rich-quick screen. And that was back before I understood how humans work. Yeah. Now I know how humans work. Now it all makes sense. But back then I was very, very naive. Now it all makes sense. Most people in the crypto scene could not give less of a shit about government, about technology, right. about values, about moral. They don't give a. They don't care about any of that thing. They're just there for the money, to for the get-rich-quick. That's the only reason they're there. And there's nothing yeah. wrong with that. But yeah. you just have to understand that. And then think about it. If you're in a scene full of people who just want to get rich quick, guess who else is going to be in the scene? The sharks. Because yep. those people are fish. Anybody who thinks about money first and other things second is a fish in that kind of Absolutely. environment. And that means that you don't, you don't even know which one's a shark, but they're a shark in your midst. When you're surrounded oh, by fish, you absolutely. have to understand you're also surrounded by sharks. And you don't know which one's which. That, that's so true. That's so true. And but But here's the thing is those same fish they swim in swarms, right? So when you know that, that is where I, again, I, 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 I give all the credit in the world to this Mike Newton guy. He talks about this. He's like, he's like, there are indicators out there to where when you take a look at him, he said, so what you're not just going to get from me is a buy signal, but when all of a sudden a coin becomes socialized and it, 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 it you know, goes up and up and up and then all of a sudden, when it's when the whole public starts to pay attention to it, he says that's usually the point in time you'll get a sell signal from me because it's like you go against the 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 fish. What do they call it? The not a swarm. A school. Of fish, school. School. Yeah, of fish. school of fish. But um, but yeah, John. The, the the reason why I launched the Uncle Vigilante channel on YouTube, which you know, I'm really delighted I can put some energy into something and know that it's not going to probably be deleted. Um, but it is because I really wanted to just document my journey into this and speak openly about this to try to be able to help other newbies, A, get involved in the space, and B, maybe not make the mistakes that other people have. So I've had some really good guests on. Like yesterday, I had a guest on who is a miner. And he was talking about how he ended up getting screwed really badly. And so here you have somebody that's just expert in this. He's mined Bitcoin. He's mined Ethereum. He mines all kinds of other coins. I had no idea what mining was. He educated me. And so it's just I noticed somebody in the chat who was answering people's questions and seemed like a good dude. And I reached out to him and I said, hey, can we just chat on the, you know, I, I wanted to have a conversation with him. But instead of just having a private conversation, I'm asking these people, hey, would you mind uh, coming on the show just so that we can, we'll still have the same conversation, but then maybe other people can benefit from it. And it's really the purpose and whatever it becomes, it becomes. But that's just kind of the, my motive is just to document it so that uh, even I can go back to it afterwards if, if, you know, and I can focus on the conversation, not taking notes so much. Did, did I lose you? Hey, Uncle I'm here. I'm listening. Uncle Lodge Parts here. Hey, buddy. Do you have a a channel where you're hosting? Uh, I've listened to a, a few of your things already. I want to connect with you on this because I'm starting to be really sure. interested in this too and want to go down this road as well. Sure. It's um, uh, on YouTube. It's Uncle Vigilante. If you if you go there and and I was given that game by the Crypto Vigilante or that name by the Crypto Vigilante Raphael who was, uh, you know, he agreed to, he was my first interview. He agreed to come on the show because Jeff Berwick liked me. 
in the in the uh, summit chat. And so I asked Jeff if he'd come on the show, and he doesn't do interviews, but he said I'll do one better, and he connected me to Raphael. But uh, and then during that first interview, you know, I was going by Uncle Odd, and then uh, 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 Raphael just choked, and he said, "Well, oh, you're Uncle Vigilante," and so that I thought, okay, you know what? I'm Jeff still has guy. you listed on his videos, eh? Excuse me. You know when Jeff does it? When Jeff does um, a video, he still has your link in his videos. Oh, he has my link in his videos? He has you in the show notes on all of them, even if you're not on his particular walk. <laughs> I did not know I'm that. Pre- I did not know that. Yeah, that's, that's I'm, pretty cool. sure, I'm pretty sure that's true. He hasn't done one in a while, but uh, yeah, well, I, I'm pretty sure you're up I on thought, the top there. I thought I saw Jeff Berwick comment in my, in my comments of one of my cigar walks. Oh. This is Waterman Chris. Madera Lissette. I'm Roller. Uninstall Media. Zach Cubbers. Fantastic. You are listening to Fakeologist Radio at fakeologist.com. But, but Jeff Berwick, yeah. uh, uh, he commented in, 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 uh, on one of my cigar walks, somebody had made a comment about Max and the sales funnel and talked about uh, 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 Berwick and his. And then I saw... Jeff Berwick comment back, and he was like, "I don't have sales funnels," and I, it blew me away. And I'm like, "Okay, this is a, this is just somebody that's just trying to fake like they're Jeff Berwick." So I clicked on it because I was going to delete the comment because I'm very sensitive about these fuckers, that, these sharks that come in, and oh, just yeah. yeah. And so, uh, but no, it, it, it was actually him. So it's kind of cool to think that he's at least listening to my, even my cigar walks and stuff. But uh, I, I'll tell you where I think that I am going to be able to provide the most value to the most people is I'm going to become an expert on these LLC IRAs because I'm going through it right now. And I love, love, love the, the, what they're all about to where you can basically uh, in the U.S., uh, you can have your IRAs, you can control through an LLC IRA, you can control the checkbook. So you don't have somebody, like all of my other IRAs my whole life, there was a an investment, you know, whether it's Merrill Lynch or, or whomever, you know, you had somebody that was making the trades and you were just looking at your monthly statements and you see it trading sideways. Meanwhile, they're using your money and you have no idea what they're doing with it, and even if your returns are real. And so so now with this uh, LLC IRA, I can direct, I can buy, tell them I want you to buy uh, $100,000 of Bitcoin, let's just say. They, they'll do that. The deal is they take their bite out of it up front, but then they send you the Bitcoin, so you own it. So it's under the umbrella of this LLC so as it grows, you don't have to worry about the tax consequences until you withdraw. And then when you withdraw, you're just paying your current rate. And I'm close enough to 59 and a half that I wouldn't, once I hit 59 and a half, I'm not paying any kind of uh, a penalty to be able to be in that investment vehicle. So what does that mean with, with, uh, with Bitcoin? I mean, if you don't think that Bitcoin's going to ultimately be a half million, uh, I think you're crazy just when you take a look at it historically and the scarcity of it. So I'm totally sold on all of that. I think it'll go up and down, 
I think, John, you could probably predict another crash. You know, I now know that usually those come when there is a halving, called a halving for the miners, and there's a giant pullback when that happens, but I don't think that's going to happen now. Because Do you, you ever hear people of- talk about Tether? Well, you mentioned the crash. Have any of the people who you speak with talked about Tether? Yes, Tether, 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 has, Tether has had big issues. I know nothing of it because I am very careful of what rabbit holes I go down because I just, I just don't care enough about anything you know, that's, that's alternative to that. So you have forgotten more about Tether than I know. All I know is that it's something that the quarter red flag should go up in your mind if you are considering it, right? Well, you know what the Federal Reserve is when it comes to the U.S. dollar, right? Like everyone gets yes. the idea of the Federal Reserve. that They, they quote-unquote print the money. Yeah. Bitcoin has the same thing. It's called Tether, right? Now, if you look at... I'm going to post this for you in the live stream chat. Let me find that. Just in general chat, okay? I'm going to post okay. this right now in general chat, and I'll put as Uncle Odd. So this is, this is the number of USDTs in the system, and the USDT is a Tether. There's one group who just print these into existence and they're supposedly backed by US dollars, but they've never been audited, they refuse to be audited, they're never going to be audited, they don't have the dollars to back up what they're doing. And to cut a very long story short, if you, if you chart the number of tethers in circulation with the Bitcoin price, there's an obvious correlation. And why is that? Because every time a tether comes into existence, that's another dollar's worth of Bitcoin that you can buy. In fact, that's pretty much all you can buy with it, right? So you've got all these tethers flooding into the market. Now, if you look at the market cap of Tether, over the last couple of months, they have been printing like crazy, like you wouldn't believe. And they can't do this forever. Like, I made videos about this, about the crash that was coming back at the end of 2017. Back then, they had printed a total of, what, maybe uh, half, a, half a billion Tethers, and I was ringing the alarm bells in. And not just me, others were as well, right? Then we saw the crash. Guess what? They stopped printing Tethers. When they stopped printing the Tethers, there was a crash. If you fast forward now to the last couple of months, they're up to 37 billion, okay? They're doing 2 billion, sometimes 2 billion every couple of days. So in other words, they're doing multiples in a day of what they had done in a year, three years ago. Now, what happened when they stopped printing tethers last time? There was a crash. So the moment that these guys want to cause a crash, guess what happens? There's a crash. Like these people, they're the Federal Reserve of Tether, they're the Federal Reserve of Bitcoin. It's so obvious. Now, wow. they could keep printing tethers... If you go to market cap, if you click on that uh, Tether USDT on coin market cap, I can't find you where cl- you're. Uh, I can't find where you posted that in the live stream notes. Yeah, in the in the general chat, and I've oh, even I've ch- even added Uncle Odd, right? Now, if, 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 general... if anyone's listening to this, which we probably lost all the listeners, but if anyone does listen to this, all you need to know is if you find the Tether market cap uh, chart, it is like a hockey stick. It is phenomenal what these people are doing. Now, they could keep doing this for another two years and Bitcoin could go to a million for all I know. But, but eventually this has to stop. Uh, this will stop. And when it stops, the, the price crashes. There's no, there's no two questions about that. That's, that's not what's at, at issue here. It's just a matter of... It's a game of musical chairs. It's a game of musical chairs, man. Oh, yeah. Okay, thank you for that. I, will, I just found it. I will... Uh, and so you're saying that when they stop printing that, there's a crash. Yeah, I mean, it's not even printing. I, mean, they're, they're, um, I used to use the term printing loosely, but when they just stop yeah. creating these fake-ass coins that don't even exist, because these coins are then traded for Bitcoin, right? And the idea is every yeah. one of these tethers is backed by US dollar. 
that that is simply not true. So if you look at it, just in the last week, they've gone from a total of 31 billion tethers in the system to 38. So that's, that's a billion a day. A billion, that's, that's basically a billion fake US dollars going into the Bitcoin economy every day. Wow. Right? A billion fake US dollars going into the Bitcoin or the crypto economy every day. And the moment that stops, because why, why does someone spend all this money on electricity to mine Bitcoin? Right? Because they get uh, Bitcoin as a reward. Why? So they can sell that to pay for their mining rigs and their electricity. So there's a certain amount of money that is coming out of the Bitcoin system every day. It has to by virtue of the fact that these machines mine the Bitcoin. That's, right. that's not an opinion, that's a fact. So there's, there's real money in the system. It has to be to come out. And I'm putting to you that at the moment, that's the only money that's coming out. Everyone else is holding on, waiting for gains. So you've only got some money coming out, all the real money. You've got all this fake money going in, creating scarcity for the Bitcoins, or so it seems. The moment the fake money tap is turned off, all you've got is people taking money out of the system. The whole thing collapses. Unless you believe that there's a billion real tether, dollars going into Bitcoin every day, which there clearly is not. But is Tether a coin? I'm confused. It's a crypto coin, supposedly, but it's, it, it's meant so to be it pegged is, so to it, the US dollar. But so how it do you is know a that coin it's Bitcoin? Yeah. Well, where else can it go? Like, why else would there be these tethers? What other purposes does it serve? Well, it's the same, well, probably, it could be the same purpose of Bitcoin, sir. No, because the idea of Bitcoin is that its value will go up, whereas Tether's value won't go up. That's the whole point of it. It's meant to be backed, it's meant to be pegged to the US dollar. And so there are some exchanges where you don't buy Bitcoin with US dollars, you buy it with Tether, you see. So you're trading your US dollars for Tether, then you use the Tether to buy the Bitcoin. So the US dollars yeah, are going why into would you Bitcoin do that? by Tether. Yeah, why, why would you bother? Because some exchanges, that's all they'll accept. No, but why would you not just go buy Bitcoin directly, which is what I do? Why well, do you I need That's an intermediary? It depends on the exchange that you're using. Like, guys, I'm not, know, I don't see that. I'm not one inventing this tether, okay? There's, there's no, I know. I'm just, yeah, I'm just wondering what it is. Because there's, there's a few coins that are tethered to the U.S. dollar that are just for holding crypto outside of a uh, fiat account. And I can't remember what they're called. I think you discussed them, um, Uncle Odd, at one point. What were they called? There's a couple of just straight-up, one-to-one cryptos that are... USDT. Is that the tether? Yeah. Is that what it is? Is USDT tether? That's right, yeah. Yeah, but you could just buy that to hold crypto, and uh, it doesn't really have a value. It just has the value of one U.S. dollar. So it's just a, I would just say it's a placeholder. It's a place to hold your your cash in crypto. I mean, it, it, essentially all money is virtual these days. The dollar is just as digital yeah. as the Bitcoin. There's, you know, I mean, there's a, what is it, 5%? Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah, but there's no cash. scarcity with the U.S. dollar because they just keep is, printing is, it. Right. Is there a character limit in uh, Discord? Because I just, uh, I went to Moonstream, I searched Tether, and here's a very long analysis basically supporting everything that you're saying, John. Um, and I posted it, but it's like I'm 1,500 characters over, so I don't know, if, I don't think I can post it. You can try. It'll tell you. No, I know. I'd have to divide it up into like 10, so... Why don't you just put the link in? Because it's a private group. Oh, Facebook. it's private. I got it. 
So, you know, I will send it to you in Telegram, and then if you want to, if you want to put it somewhere or just read it, you know. Yeah, I'm uh, driving right now, so I can't do it. Yeah, no worries. I'm I'm just saying that just it'll. Yeah, I actually got to meet uh, Jeff Berwick and Raphael in person a few times actually. Uh, I, I I was doing a production for this North American Bitcoin conference that that came around to Miami like every year for about five years. So I met a lot of those guys and a lot of it was over my head. But the first one in 2014, I think I remember, I don't remember, I have it probably on videotape and I need to review it, but there was one of the guys who was really like a Bitcoin, you know, mechanic, serious programmer, blockchain guy that knew all the ins and outs. And he gave a talk about the, I guess the security of Bitcoin, if you want it, or the inability of the powers that be to uh, manipulate it and have a, a like an influence on it the way they do with the dollar. And he just kept citing these examples that they they want to control it, they want to be able to do this, but they can't. And they they want to do this and this and this and this, but they can't. And his his point of view was that there's like these the way it's set up there's particular safeguards that are built into the infrastructure where the you know the the manipulation of it isn't possible at least that's what I got out of this guy's talk and I have to find it and review it but I think Raphael on one of your talks Uncle Odd was voicing similar opinions that every every coin that's created or whatever tests the network and, and tests the integrity and like the, the fraud is just uh, automatically shut down or whatever, if people are, are attempting to manipulate it. So it sounds like it's a lot, the structure of it's a lot better than a federal reserve note in terms of, you know, retaining value. Yeah. I think uncle Otis dropped out. Yeah. So you met your parent, did you? Yeah, I, yeah, I, I had a, it was called the North American Bitcoin Conference, um, and they had it every year here in Miami. There, when it, when the run-up happened, what was in 2018, it was around 20,000, and it, the, yeah, the, and a really big show. Yeah. The guy that uh, the my client that put it on just kept expanding the production until it was it was like a rock concert. And actually, we had a huge LED wall and moving lights and fog and the whole nine and jeff berwick was a keynote speaker and um you know they had an expo and everything people had booths set up and all these different kind of coins and it was it was probably one of the bigger crypto shows um live events that had happened up to that point and uh i got to listen in on a lot of that stuff when i wasn't too busy you know doing production responsibilities what uh, impression did you get from the other attendees of the conference it kind of depended I'm, when it the first one was in like 2014 and at that time it had run up to i don't know a few hundred dollars or something might have actually cracked a thousand and he was expecting 50 people and then we ended up getting 250 people and it was like five times what he expected and that was kind of a big deal and at that time it was about um a lot of the emphasis on we, we have this guy von Nothaus that had this Liberty coin, and then he was arrested for 
kind of counterfeiting the U.S. Liberty dollar. He had an eagle on a silver coin. It's people that are challenging the Federal Reserve. Like that's that's how I first got interested in it. Was it really seems to be the only way out of this open air slave system that we're in is to be able to have some sort of alternative currency that's not controlled by the central bankers. And that was where most of the emphasis was on, like the the technology and the freedom associated with a currency that can't be inflated or controlled. And then a couple years after that, the, the crowd had kind of changed to where it was like investors, like Wall Street type suits that were looking at it as a commodity, which was kind of divergent from the intention, the way I understood it to beginning is like an actual alternative currency. And it's it's still a long ways away from being an alternative currency because it has to have acceptance. And it's the problem is it's not easy. If you have a paper note in your hand, you hand it to somebody, and that's it. It's a simple exchange. But the Bitcoin, you need a, a wallet, you need an exchange service, a medium, and there's all these security protocols you have to follow. It's It's not convenient to my mind at all. But yeah, kind of changed. So I was asking you about your impression of the other people there. And so the impression I got when I met people was they're all in the get rich quick scheme. They'll have these ideas of, oh yeah, this is about freedom. No, it's not. They just want to get rich. There's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with that at all. Here's the thing: the Federal Reserve, there is one for tether as well. And supposedly they're being investigated by the New York uh, Attorney General, or whatever. I think that's all a smoke screen. I think that's all a scam. I don't think they're being investigated by anybody. I think this is part of the planned destruction. They're going to let Bitcoin get so big that supposedly banks are investing in it, big companies, you know, Tesla now has a big holding in uh, Bitcoin, whatever. Then, when Bitcoin does collapse, it'll bring down the stock market with it, and then they can say, hey guys, there's been this big problem, money's disappeared, blah, 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 now it's time for the great financial reset. I think this is all part of a big plan. I mean, it, it could be. We don't have any way of knowing, and nobody knows who Satoshi is. But as far as the the presenters, now, I, I was talking about the clientele. Um, the, the attendees of these shows, like when it was hitting 20,000, we had a lot of people that were, you know, excited about crypto probably in the, the investment types. But a lot of the people like Raphael um, that Uncle Otis talked to and the like foundational type personalities, they're passionate about it. They really are. They think it's actually a way out. And, you know, they could be getting conned, but. I definitely gather from what I heard people say at these events that the people that know crypto, they're on a whole different level of knowledge and understanding about that than people like us that will be dismissive and hand-waving, oh, it's 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 a PSYOP, it's a scam, whatever. People that, that I've heard say that, they have really no interior knowledge and understanding of, of the complexity of what's going on with this stuff. It's a very superficial knowledge that these people have and they're involved in this dismissive hand-waving. So I, I kind of am a little bit, I don't really take that as, as an informed opinion. Who are you talking about? Are you talking about me or other people? I'm not sure. Well, you're anybody on, I don't, I don't know how far you've gotten down this road. So I'm referring to you and other people in this space, kind of the conspiracy space. But when I look, listen to the crypto experts talk, they're on a whole different level. They understand it. They don't feel this way. And the people that do feel this way, they don't understand it. 
So I, I kind of have a little bit more tendency to trust the people. But when you say the experts, you mean the people boosting it, like the boosters? They—they—they're boosters. I don't know if boosting is the right terminology. I don't—I don't get that sort of sales opinion. I, I take it to people that actually know. Uh, I don't know. Think of a good analogy of someone that's actually like an expert, like an architect that's going to describe why particular angles and stress points have to be uh, set up in a certain way to support a structure. He's not boosting it. He's just informing you of the, the ins and outs of architecture. He's, he's an expert. You're listening to another hour of Fakeologist Radio on Fakeologist.com. I my door with fright. People in a van, I'm trying to avoid. Am I under surveillance or am I just paranoid? Yes, anyone who's invested in something wants more people to invest, whether that's Bitcoin, whether that's gold, silver, even just ideas in general. It's, there's nothing nefarious necessarily in this, uh, that's involved. It's just, hey, we believe in this, we want you to believe in it they're naturally going to either overlook or omit certain things, such as, hey, there's 37 billion fake dollars involved in this scene. There's been a billion dollars a day of this fake money pumped into the scene in the last seven days. But everything is fake. All the dollars are fake too. So what's the difference? Well, the difference is that the moment this printer stops printing, the Bitcoin price will collapse. And we saw that happen in 2017. It's happened before. I'm trying to say. Now, people can make money in the meantime. I know several people in my real life, like in my real life back in Brisbane, They've made but, well, a lot of money from Bitcoin. And I say good luck well, to them. I've got, I haven't got a problem with it. I'm just saying the music will stop. But, okay, the music so will stop. you say that it'll crash. Now, what, what, are you, um, what are the mechanics of this crash? Why is it crashing? Cause, uh, because money has to come out about, to pay for electricity. Money has to about, come out to pay for electricity for the miners. It has to come out. Money has to come out to pay for the mining gear. So real money is coming out. What money is going in? At the moment, people want to get rich quick. They're not going to put their money in when it crashes from 60 down to 50. I think, I think the value of Bitcoin far outweighs the cost of the electricity that it costs to produce it. That's a whole other thing. It's like I don't, I don't think the cost of a diamond is just the labor and gasoline or whatever that's involved with the engines that, that drive the jackhammers and whatever. Once a diamond is extracted, it has a particular value that's above and beyond just the simple resources that went in to get the diamond itself. And I think the same is true of Bitcoin. That value is not based on just the electricity that's put into it to create it. I mean, no, it's based on what people will pay for it. And exactly. diamonds are a perfect analogy because diamonds are practically worthless. There's almost no resale market for diamonds. It's only what people will pay retail because, hey, honey, I love you. Here's five grand diamond, right? Same well, Bitcoin. It's, it's, Bitcoin is worth 50 grand today because people will pay it. I'm not disputing that. What I'm saying is it won't be worth that forever. It might go, it might double, it might triple, but eventually it'll collapse again. It has to. Um, I don't know. Well, Diamonds we, we are could, unlimited. We could say the same thing limited. about the dollar, though, too. I, I mean, the, we, we know the dollar has to collapse. I mean, it's just there's it's a given. You can't print ten trillion dollars worth of currency in a year and expect to, to have the same level of value. It's just nonsense. It's not going to happen. That's that. All those extra dollars have to chase after goods and services somewhere, and it's going to inflate prices. So whatever people are saving today in their bank to try to pay for things later in the future, all that money they're saving is going to be worth a half or a fifth of what it is today, a couple of years down the road. So people are looking for 
some way to retain the value of the money they have in the bank. And precious metals have been one way that people have done that in the past. And that's also subject to manipulation because there could be, you know, barges full of gold that they could flood the market with at any time or whatever. Who knows? We don't know. Let me put, let me put it like this. I hope that in one year, two, three years, the price just keeps going up for guys like you, people who invested in it. I hope you guys keep making money. Like, I, I want to see that. I'm not anti-Bitcoin. I hope, and I could be wrong. I hope so. I've got no, I'm not against Bitcoin, I'm not against Bitcoin uh, speculators, I'm all for it. But someone has to be the canary in the comment saying, guys, you know there's something There's something behind the scenes here, there's something behind the surface that... There's a guy yeah. in Toronto that's been calling for the collapse of the real estate market in Toronto for 25 years. He just has said, sell your house, sell your house, sell your house now. He says, rent, rent, rent. If you did that, you would have missed out on this endless bull run of the housing market. I'm not even saying don't invest in Bitcoin, though. I'm not saying don't invest in it. I've just told you. I know people who've made a lot of money from it. So I'm not even saying don't invest in it. I I don't even like the idea of Bitcoin as an investment. I I look that problematic and as counter to the intention of it, the way it was created. And I I think somebody referenced this white paper from Satoshi or something that I haven't read yet. It was referenced on Uncle Lodge show, but I like the idea of Bitcoin as a truly alternative currency that could be used outside of the Federal Reserve and central bank system. Yeah, me too. Something like that is required for the world to have any semblance of freedom. The world will never be free as long as there's central banks controlling the currency. That's just the But what if there are central banks controlling Bitcoin? Who do you think controls all those wallets with tens of thousands of Bitcoin? Who do you think controls all of that? Well, Nobody. the way I understand it, if you have your own coal wallet and you extract those things from the exchange and you have the the hexadecimal or whatever cat, you know, hash, that's yeah, yours. The hash. you're your own bank. That's yours. There, there's no yeah. mediator. There's no third party. Yeah, but you're, you're not the one who controls those tens of thousands. Like, you know those wallets that haven't been touched for years, right? You and I don't control those. Who do you think does? I mean, let me, let me, can I just get something clear here? You guys both realize that Facebook wasn't created by some guy in his garage, right? You understand that? But somehow no, you think that what is, Bitcoin was... Nothing is created by a guy in the garage. So where do you think Bitcoin came from? I agree, those from? are all myths. Where do you think Bitcoin right. came well, from? Well, I know somebody said J.P. Morgan in China uh, invented the idea and promoted it. So they're obviously a huge bank. But it doesn't matter because the architecture seems to be that you cannot control it because it's decentralized. I just, and I, there, there, could, there could be market movers in Bitcoin. So there could be guys that have such a huge position that they could move the market. I agree with that. But, um, but if it's, it's accepted a, as a truly alternative currency... That's it's always going to be deflationary because it's limited. Once yeah. the way I understand it, and that could all be bullshit too. I'll I'll, I'll say yeah, maybe there's yeah. more than twenty one billion bitcoins. Maybe no, I believe there's twenty one billion. Twenty one million. I believe that part. That part's true. The issue is who controls the bulk of that. There are these wallets that haven't been touched for years that control a huge proportion of that. But I, well, I think the manipulation is much more limited than the yeah. the Federal Reserve being able to print ten trillion dollars in a year. I think that that pretty much is unlimited. 
There's no check and balance on that whatsoever. There's no check and balance on tether printing a billion dollars a day either. That's the point I'm trying to make to you. Like all the problems that you have with the Fed, they're the same problem with Bitcoin. But that's a but that's a not no no no. That's another that's, you're you're make, I think you're mixing up currencies. You know, yeah, I think the yeah. best part about um Bitcoin and maybe any other derivative of it, for instance, Monero might be based on I don't know exactly why Monero is more private just as it is, so I have to just believe them. But the beauty is that it's another way that humans can control their own trading. So right now, I think cryptocurrencies are where the Internet was in the 90s, where the Internet allowed anyone to be on the same level as any kind of publisher, for instance, distributor. And it created a Wild West mentality at the beginning where there's no regulation. You can say or do anything. You're anonymous. And it put my website on the same level as the New York Times. Although more people are going to read the New York Times because it has a name at the moment. But we're still equal. I don't need uh, a printing press. I don't need a delivery system. You can just get to my website the same way. So I think the danger is with cryptocurrencies is that anyone can start their own currency with its own rules and we don't really need to use these central bank currencies anymore. That's where they're probably going to be in a panic because they have to figure out a way to make their cryptocurrency the one that everyone uses. Yeah, I think so that, that might be a little that's bit where, of it. That's the beauty of it. The difference of our opinion that's, here that John Laban is talking about, about moving markets and the value, that the thing, that's, that's a different, sort of a different discussion than people using Bitcoin as a medium of exchange. If you're a vendor and whatever you're doing, you're washing cars, or you're a carpenter, or you're selling, you're a butcher, whatever, you're accepting Bitcoin. Somebody has Bitcoin in their wallet, offline, whatever. They go to the store with a thumb drive and fire up a computer and don't even get on the Internet. If they, people are accepting that as a value, a medium of exchange, it works. That's all you need. Yeah, that's right. The thing with having a deflationary currency, though, is people don't want to trade it because it'll be worth more in a year than it is today, right? It'll be worth more in a week even if it's volatile. The issue with the deflationary currency is it can't really be a currency, can it? No, I who's going to trade it? Who's going to, who's going to give away a Bitcoin today if it's going to be worth more in a week? Well, if I need something, I gotta, I gotta sell, I gotta, I gotta exchange it. If there's something I want, and I will, I will gladly accept Bitcoin because uh, if I know it's a stable currency, then I know it's going to probably be worth the same or more uh, a year from now. I don't, I don't want to, I don't even really want a Canadian dollar if I'm hearing stories that it's going to be worth 10% less next year but because no one has a real alternative all they have is canadian dollars like right now canada is devaluing our dollar in such a duplicitous way they're not being honest about it so people are just going to find out later that it's worth a lot less so smart people know that and they're getting away from it because they know that their government is manipulating the currency because they can and so it's going to be worth less. Like I, my, I know that I'm making less every year because of the, of inflation. I know what I get paid for certain jobs. It hasn't changed in 10 years, but I know my currency that I'm exchanging in is losing 
its value every single year. And this year might lose 10%. That's huge. That's a huge pay cut. Anyway, did you guys hear that? Yeah, what you're saying, I don't disagree with. Like, the, I think we're all in furious agreement about a lot of the key points. I think what I'm bringing to the table that maybe uh, people either don't want to hear or they, they don't get what I'm saying, which could be my fault for not explaining it. The price of Bitcoin might not be going up right now organically. There might be a group behind it who uh, no more have your interest at heart than the Federal Reserve does. So this idea that it's freedom from the system, that might not be the case. But... Dude, the price could keep going up for the next 10 years and guys like you could become millionaires and I hope that happens. Good luck to you. Like, I, hope that, I hope that's the case. That'd be good to see. Because right, I know guys who got well, into Bitcoin when it was in the tens of dollars, okay? So if this goes to hundreds right. of thousands or millions, like I'm going to know guys who have become, at least on paper, assuming they can get the Bitcoins out, they'll become legitimate millionaires just by holding some Bitcoins. So I hope that happens, man. I'll be the happiest person. I'd love it if you yeah. have. I'd love it if we have any Bitcoins you have was enough for you to just stop having to work and then you can do live streams every like dude I want to see this happen I, I don't even have one Bitcoin I have I have fractions of coin and uh, and I don't believe putting all your eggs in one basket but I do have the feeling that the American dollar the Canadian dollar they're just worthless currencies too it's like the internet they're all on the same par and we know they're manipulated and we know that their value is not real either. Now, if Bitcoin's architecture is as it's supposed to be, and I'm, I'm, thinking, and I'm hoping that all the people that uh, study it are truthful about its architecture, and therefore it can't be deflated. I think it's valuable, and I really think that that's part of what the Great Reset is all about. They know that uh, if people catch on to cryptocurrency. And doesn't matter which one it is, as long as it's an integral structure, has integrity, then they could lose control of their economies because they're not controlling the money anymore, which is amazing and could happen. I think it will happen. Just like, but it's not overnight. You see how slow the internet is to catch on. I've been playing on the internet for 30 years now, but there's some people that just got into it say five years ago and they think the internet is Facebook and Instagram. They don't even know that there are websites. That's how vast it is. So there's uh, all kinds of different levels. No, yeah, that's fair enough, man. Look, it's one of those topics where time will tell, you know, a year, five years, ten years, maybe even twenty years, like time will tell. So I've, I've made but a point I, think I wanted to make. I've posted a, I've posted a link in the yeah. uh, show notes to a video that I did. The first time I posted this got 100,000 views and the channel got taken down. I've reposted to my channel a few months ago. It's already up to 10,000 views. This is like every day you check analytics and it tells you which videos are doing well. This one is easily doing well, uh, better than any other video on my channel. Like my channel has uh, all these videos now. This easily is doing the best. It's getting dozens and hundreds of views a day. People want to know about Tether and they want to know about Bitcoin. This is like the talk of... And that's another thing too. When everyone's talking about Bitcoin, that's your sign that the next crash isn't far away. Like... No, or you could look at it both ways, John. And that's the beauty of the market. If more, if just as many people think it can go up than down, then that's the market. And uh, if more people think think it's it's going to go up, and then and that'll drive the price up. That's the market. See, the market is just everyone's collective wisdom. There are people that try and study the market. They try and predict the market. 
they try and move the market by all kinds of different, millions of different ways. Humans are very, very creative. But the price of anything is just what everyone thinks it's worth right this second. So the price of Ford, GM, Starbucks, it's all collective wisdom. All of it. It's not worth anything really if, but the market, if it's a real market, it, it really does say, okay, everyone in the world agrees that Starbucks is worth this much per share. And until something changes or news comes out or rumors come out, that's what can move the market. And, uh, what do you think, think about this idea that way. the, what do you think about this idea that the miners are only mining to get the reward, which is the Bitcoin, which they then sell for electricity. What do you think about this idea that there's so much money that has to go into the Bitcoin economy, like every day, just by the nature of the way the system works? I don't even really know what that means, because from what uh, Raphael explained about mining, they make it harder and harder to mine the coins that are left to mine. And it's a, it's a coin that requires work, a proof of work. Which means you have to you have to spend money, electricity, to to create Bitcoin. I heard a, a rumor. I don't know if it's true from my friend from Iran. He said that because oil has not been selling very well over the last year because nobody is really moving in the same way they did the year before, they have a lot of excess oil and and all kinds of oil, good oil, crappy oil, bunker oil. And it's too expensive to store because all the storage places are full, 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 full. So it's cheaper for them to burn it, and they're using it to, they're burning this oil, and they're using it to make electricity, turn generators, and those generators are the ones that are mining Bitcoin because that's very high intensive uh, electrical use and probably getting higher and higher as it gets harder to mine. And that pollution from that bad oil, the oil that's uh, dirty oil, is polluting Iran, Tehran, the capital of Iran. And that's why they're all upset, because they're burning all this bunker oil, which is really, I guess, has uh, many different uh, pollutants that comes from combustion, because it's so impure. So I, I really think it requires work to make Bitcoin. So I'm not... Now, it costs them money, but because humans are so inventive, I guess it's I guess it's very cheap to create this electricity from oil that's almost worthless. Maybe maybe not anymore, but at the time. So that's how I understand mining to work. Yeah, but to understand they're doing it, they they run their computers, which or their mining equipment, which uses electricity. Yeah. A lot of electricity, right? Right. And they're doing right. that. They're happy to pay the money for electricity because they will get the reward in terms of Bitcoin, right? Now, they need to right. pay Hopefully, their electricity bills. Yeah, hopefully the cost of one Bitcoin is less than what they put into it. And it's just like oil. Like, for instance, I heard it costs 60 U.S. dollars a barrel to make a barrel of oil in Alberta. So right now, they're not really making oil in Alberta. They're not harvesting oil because it's way too expensive and they don't, there's not enough reward. But when oil was $100 a barrel, that place was... Uh, going a full blast because they were making $30, $40 a barrel. And they were spending anything and everything in resources to throw at it to make that oil while the price was up. The minute the price of oil dropped, 
Alberta collapsed almost overnight. Uh, I guess it'll be the same with Bitcoin. When Bitcoin drops, the mining will stop. Makes sense. Why would you put Why would you put money unless it maybe the cheapest electrical production places could do it? Our program to bring you this important message. Hello, I'm Rachel. You're listening to Faithologist Radio on Faithologist.com. That's how I understand so what mining they can do is, Yeah. So what they can do is they can estimate how much electricity is being used by the Bitcoin network by looking at the hash rate and then saying, right, what's the typical cost of a kilowatt hour? Right? Like what's, how much electricity does, it, does a computer need to do this hash rate? How much does that typically cost? How much electricity is being used? Yeah. Right? Now, on current estimates, right. they reckon that Bitcoin is using more electricity than the country of Argentina. So on any given day, take all the people... The mining, Argentina, you mean. The mining, the mining. Just the mining, that's right. Yeah. Okay, right. Now, it, you can't know exactly how much electricity is being used, but you can estimate it. And you can't know exactly how much that costs because it depends on where are they, these mining where? are based, what power source are they using, right? But just, yeah. just trying to understand it conceptually, this is costing money. This is costing somebody money to do the mining. And they, like you yeah. said, they do it because they think they'll get a return on investment. The issue is, right. is money going out. There must be. Right? So this is a system There's, that needs yeah. money to going go out. out. To, they're spending these people, money. These people aren't mining for free. They, they have to pay electricity bills, bro. Someone I know, has to so pay the electricity using, bill here. So, right. So they're borrowing it, or they might be using fiat currency. Who knows? They might have oil, like Iran, that's just sitting there doing nothing. So they're losing money by storing the oil. It costs money. If you pump oil out of the ground, you've got to put it somewhere. you either got to sell it or put it somewhere. Now, if there's nowhere to put it because all the storage capacity is gone, then you may as well burn it and make electricity. In a way, that's almost free electricity, which means they're making full-on profit, 100% profit, to me, if it's just being thrown out. Yeah, but that, that Iran example, that's, like you're not trying to suggest that that's typical of the whole network. You're just using it as one small example. No, I'm even saying, if it's real. well, yeah, but they, if, if that was the case, then all the mining is probably being going on right there because if I'm trying to buy electricity where I live and it costs so much a kilowatt and I can't even, if I make one Bitcoin and I lose money, I'm not going to do it. So it's just going to shift to wherever it's being done for um, more cheaply, I'm, I'm guessing. I don't exactly know how they distribute the mining, how it works. It's probably, I'm guessing, complicated. But um, it's, it's, it's proof of work. That's how you make a Bitcoin. You don't just make it out of thin air. Like our, our finance yeah, and that, the minister, proof, that proof of work is the processes running fast, running hot, using lots of electricity to do the calculations, right? That's the whole idea. Yeah, so you're I right about the proof so, of work yeah. thing. I'm just trying to point out the computers can't do that for free. They need power, and that power generally yeah. costs money. Now, you can say, oh, but um, you know, people are doing it for free in, in Iran. Okay, mate, we don't know if that's true, but maybe they are. But is that the whole network? Someone's paying money here, yeah? Someone's paying money, and they're only doing that because Bitcoin's expensive at the moment. The moment that this... Bitcoin starts crashing. The whole thing comes crashing down. It's a game of musical chairs, man. No, but the, what comes? The mining will stop unless you're unless you can mine for near next to next to free. That's how the mi- the mining business is a boom or bust business in anything. Actually, I was just looking. I just heard a a guy who uh, is the president of a company that mines boron. Like, I don't even know, I barely know what boron is. I, I bet you most people could not tell you what boron is used for. So you might not think that's a smart thing to uh, 
invested in a mining company. But then when you find out what boron is used in, and then if you think that market is growing, then it might be a smart investment. So it really doesn't matter what you're mining. If there's a need and a demand for it, and if the price is sustainable for what you can extract it from the ground or from thin air or whatever it is, then you'll do it. But mining is a boom or bust industry. It goes up and down. And just like my business, you know, I'm in a commodity business too. Right now, in my particular business, it's going down. So you better have enough money to take you through this valley so you can climb the next mountain and make money again. That's that's generally how business works, unless you're always investing. So do you see do you see any problems with Bitcoin at all? Like you sound very um, positive. But do you see any problems with Bitcoin? Do you have any concerns about it at all, or just uh, full steam ahead? Not now. Just like I don't think uh, Toronto real estate's going to crash either. And but and but again, I follow all the same. I, I read as much as I can, and I read one guy who's predicting the crash for 25 years. So. If he really is telling the truth, if he really is not in the real estate business, then he would have lost unbelievable gains. Now, that doesn't mean it's not going to crash next year. Like, maybe we should all sell our houses in these hot markets like Sydney and Toronto and London, England. Maybe this is the top. Who knows? I don't know. I don't believe anyone that can predict the future. I think you can try and move the market, the market movers. I think the banksters that run this world that are scaring everyone into buying their injectable product, which is, to me, the most disgusting form of marketing ever, threatening people's lives and their livelihoods. But that's what's happening right now. So Bitcoin, Monero, um, there's so many currencies. There's, I don't know what is behind any of them, really. I don't even know their um, their parameters for being for how they work and how they can reproduce and how they can expand and mine and all that. It's difficult. You need to be an expert to keep track of all of that. Yeah. Well, like I said, man, I'll, I'll say this for the last time. It's we'll just see time will tell. You know. It's a huge. I didn't even mean to talk about Bitcoin in general. I, I actually just brought this up with uh, Uncle Lod because of the story about the uh, basically the swindle he bought into. I didn't even mean to really talk about Bitcoin all that much, to be honest with you. I spoke about it a lot three well, years ago. Well, I don't mind. It's very interesting to me because now we're in this this financial reset. I really believe it's a financial reset more than anything. But you see, this the thing about this PSYOP is they've put everything into it. They've rolled this thing into one huge trans, transformative ball. It seems like everyone's piling on to make all the changes that they've always wanted to make. In every business, it's it's just so big. That's why most people can't wrap their head around it. They're all just afraid of getting sick. But while they're just concentrating on getting sick, people are getting rich. Businesses are being exploded. And with every explosion, there's an opportunity to build up again. And you know, they call it build back better. They just want to basically uh, control everything in a, in a centrally managed way, which that to me never ends well. Because human beings are just corrupt by nature. There's nothing you can do to change that. I don't care who it is. Humans are always cor- always corrupt. Yeah, man. Well, like I said, I've said more than I ever wanted to say today about Bitcoin. So we'll see. Something. Yeah, I think uh, I think crypto should be part of any balanced portfolio, just like uh, 
you should eat a balanced diet. Don't get too don't get too focused on one particular thing. I think if you just balance yourself, you should be okay. Yeah, I'm not disagreeing. I haven't said once today don't invest in Bitcoin or you shouldn't invest. I'm not, no, that's I know. probably not what I'm saying. I I'm not an expert. I don't think there are too many experts on Bitcoin. Actually, there's lots of charlatans. It's like the early my or gold rush days where people were just rushing in to mine gold, get some gold, and and maybe even gold. Gold I don't think has ever been a good investment, but it's it might be a good um, thing to to have in case everything else goes goes kaplooey, but. Everything else has not gone kerplooey in a long time. This has been a long audio chat today. Boy, we have a, if people uh, think they're getting value, they should definitely uh, pitch in. Paycallgist.com forward slash donate. I don't have a dot crypto address. I don't really want one because I don't think I need one, but Uncle Odd says I should get one. Just another thing to look into and spread yourself thin. Well, I was uh, watching a game of uh, football while we were chatting, and that's just come to uh, an end. So probably time for me to take off, Ab. But good chatting with you, man. Congrats on the website right. doing well, as always. Are you, are you going to go uh, do some skiing today? Not today, no. But um, hopefully before I leave, because the, the ski season here runs another... They say it runs for another four weeks, the middle of April, they say. So hopefully I do get another skiing before then. I'm just a very lazy man, to tell you the truth. But hopefully, hopefully best skiing again. Good fun. Did you go on a um, downhill skiing, bunny hill? Uh, go on a bunny hill, really, where you... Learn to go downhill. I assume you're talking about well, downhill. Well, they've got the, the the easiest slope on this at this place is from the they have a thing called a gondola that takes you up the hills, and then there's like a base, yeah. and then from there you take ski lifts up. the The easiest slope here is the slope back to town, which is like seven kilometers, which I guess is like four or five miles. So the first day I went skiing, yeah, I, I went down that with the instructor, and then I went down that on my own afterwards. So I did it twice. And, uh, yeah, it was pretty scary, to be honest. Like, there's certain sections that are, like, it's meant to be the easy slope, but there are a couple of sections that it... Do you know how to... Do you, obviously, you learn how to stop. That's very important. Oh, yeah, we spent, like, almost an hour at just at that base area, just on, like, a little baby area where they teach all the basics. We spent, like, almost an hour there just doing the... learning to stop and doing all the basic shit, which you have to do. Like, I understand that. That's cool. And then after that, we spent, yeah, about an hour going down the slope, and that was... It's just so much more fun than I expected this game. Like it's one of those things where when you actually do it, you're like, oh, you now I can see why people love this so much. Yeah, but dude, it's it's 4:30 here. I need to get going, man. So like I said, congrats for the site. All and, right, uh, nice chat. I was actually here. I thought I'd pop in today because today is like the first uh, episode since the scammiversary. Like this is like the closest to 3:11 show. So I thought, oh yeah, I'll pop in and hopefully people are in good spirits. But um, the turnout wasn't what I expected today. To be honest, there weren't as many people. Not sure why that is. We never ever. Well, this is this is a good turnout for the Rick and Rollo show, though. As for the scam anniversary, we haven't really advertised it, or a lot of people haven't even thought about it. I I don't know, but uh, we didn't really advertise it. This is a typical Rick and Rollo audience. It was pretty good, actually. What kind of download numbers are you getting? How many people listening to these things? John, I haven't looked in. Um, I'm so distracted now. There's so many things to look at. I haven't looked. I'll, I can try and look. I'll take a peek. Yeah, uh, and I haven't. I haven't looked in months. My guess would be the hundreds. My guess would be the hundreds, which is good numbers in this scene. It's such a small little uh, pocket of the internet that we're in. I would guess the hundreds. We should that's the case. That's pretty good. I don't know how many of those will listen through to the end of one of these uh, marathon podcasts, but good numbers, I think. Well, it, 
it's all in the uh, as as David Crow used to say. If you don't email me or make a donation, I really don't know if you're listening. So I don't think the downloads are even relevant because lots of podcast players download automatically, and I must download a hundred podcasts a day automatically. But I don't I don't listen to most of them. So unless people email me or send me a feedback or a donation, I I wouldn't know if they listened or not. I, I would have no way of knowing. So yeah, I guess that's... Well, then uh, take it off. So have a great uh, weekend. And yeah, I might be back next weekend, probably. We'll see what happens. But uh, yeah, till then, man. Take care and, and thanks again for everything you do. Appreciate it. Thank you, John. You're a great contributor. I appreciate it. JohnLeBond.com That's all, folks.